When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Everything is Black and White podcast, brought to you by Chronicle Live, bringing you the latest insight on everything to do with Newcastle United. You can find us on iTunes, Acast, Spotify, or most podcast providers. Hello and welcome to Everything is Black and White podcast. It's time for our weekend review. Newcastle drew 1-1 with Wolves at Jim's Park on Sunday. Um, We'll get on to that in a moment, but we're going to start with a bit of positive news because I feel... Like everyone out there likes sort of positive news and there isn't much of that bouncing around at the moment. However, the sight of Florian Lejeune back um, in Newcastle United Colours turned out for the 23s against Borough on Monday night. The game finished 2-2. Um, an amazing return to, to fitness. Six months he's been out with another serious knee injury. Um, great to see him back here. And you've got a bit of insight on his recovery as well, which I'm sure will interest our listeners. Yeah, um, it's funny, the, the first injury when he did it I remember speaking to his surgeon who helped him through his guy called Professor Pierre Paolo Mariani who um, basically has made his name in in sport in general for how he operates on serious knee injuries so um, not so long ago when a player would suffer a serious knee injury they could be looking at ending up to a year to be out but Mariani's kind of made his name for shorter more precise operations the last team half an hour and 40 minutes and that means the athletes can start the rehab immediately and that's meant that you know if you get your rehab right potentially you can be back in action in six months and we've seen with Lejeune remarkably now that that's happened on both occasions um, it's it's remarkably similar the parallels that they followed um, with both his first recovery and now his second and Again, as you said last night, getting 45 minutes for the reserves, six months on from, you know, breaking down the dressing room, crying, knowing that he'd done another bad injury. And I think there will be some fans who might be a bit worried and, um, you know, with them happening so so soon after, even though there are different, different knees. But um, you look at the track record of Mariani in terms of uh, Rolando Aaron's, of course, went there. Um, and then Benitez when he was at Napoli when he first came across the surgeon a guy called Lorenzo Insigne of course uh, Napoli forward went there he's not had any trouble since then so fingers crossed for Lejeune that um, he's over now because we all know what he can do well that's the next question you've led into it beautifully just what does he bring to that Newcastle United side and have you seen um, it missing in these opening uh, weeks of the Premier League season yeah I think to be fair to the centre-backs each one of them has had their moment this season. You Paul Dummett's man matches play against Spurs. Uh, Fernandez did really well, I thought, when he came in at the weekend against Wolves. Clark, after so long out of the team, really patient, came in against Manchester United in the past three games. He's been very good, in my opinion, as well. And, of course, the captain of the he's been a mainstay. You, you can't really take him out of the team. But I suppose when you look at in terms of bringing the ball out, um, there were times maybe on Saturday when... Jolint was getting frustrated some of the service coming from the back. Obviously, Cher wasn't playing. If you have Cher and Lejeune in the team, I think that gives you another option in terms of bringing the ball out. And, of course, 
someone who can find Joel Linton who really, really needs service. Um, and I think those passes into the channels, we all know Lejeune can do that. And I think that's something Bruce will look at eventually. Lejeune's already a hit with him in terms of his professionalism, in terms of his uh, remarkable mental strength to come back from this. And, uh, you know, as, as is known, you know, his car was often the first one there um, at the training ground during his rehab. And equally, when Bruce would go home, uh, Lejeune's car would still be there. That shows you the hours he's been putting in. He's a really, really good professional. And um, Bruce is going to tap into that sooner or later, in my opinion. In your opinion, when do you think we'll see him back then um, in the start 11 for the senior side? Is it a case if you don't want to rush him back, obviously, because yeah. they are such delicate injuries. And obviously, to have two, I know there, there were different, different yeah. knees, but still, I mean... I suppose the one benefit is that Newcastle aren't short of quality at the back, yeah. which is, we were saying before we came in, Newcastle United fans have waited a long time to, to to be able to say that. So in a way, there is no there is no need to rush him back. No, I, I'd be surprised if he came in before the, the international breaks. Obviously, two games to go now at West Ham and Bournemouth. But I think after that, he's, he's in contention. Um, and... It, it's it's a great option to have, as you said. The it, it's almost be, it would almost be harsh on Clark to take him out right now. Um, you could say that even with Fernandez when Cher potentially comes back in at the weekend. You know, it's it's a great luxury to have for Bruce at the moment. But the irony is, while they've been have had had good problems at the back in that sense, going forward, it's obviously not clicking, and they need any player to come in whatever the position I think is going to have a contribution to make to that so if Cher comes back in you know that's going to help in terms of service up front bringing the ball out coming into midfield a bit more and the same is eventually when Lejeune comes in you know as defensively solid as he is he, he has that ace up his sleeve going forward and of course not just on the pitch that Lejeune's a massive asset you know his, his attitude and we saw it yesterday with, with the under 23s you know um, leading the youngsters, giving them advice, you know, he's very keen to pass on his knowledge, and he, I mean, he's still relatively young himself in terms of a, a football age. Um, I mean, in terms of any age, actually, I don't know. he's not, he's not aging. <laughs> he's a year on me, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's off the pitch as well, isn't it? That he brings he brings an important uh, benefit to the team. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I know we've discussed before the the way football's gone now. I don't think they're necessarily people in that dressing room or grabbing them by the neck and putting them against the wall and shouting at each other. We know Richie does that, but um, you're seeing with Hayden coming back now, Lejeune eventually, those kind of guys under Benitez who really evolved into key players and who, who will have big roles to play under Bruce. So yeah, it's a bonus having them in around the group, same as Gail. Gail's really well liked in the dressing room as well. All these guys, hardworking lads who have a role to play and, um, you know, each of them, as we've seen with Fernandez and Clark, are all going to have their role to play on the field as well. So just talk a bit more about this defence. And Fernandez really impressed on uh, Sunday. Lascelles made it into Alan Shearer's uh, team of the week, I believe. And Kieran Clark's been called up to the provisional squad for the Republic of Ireland. Yeah. Um, and as as a former centre back, you know, Premier League winner Steve Bruce he must just be over the moon at having so, so many good options there. Yeah, I think it's been... The the thing about Newcastle is, while they don't look like conceded, scoring sorry more than one goal, for the most part, unless things go terribly wrong, as you saw at Norwich and Leicester, they generally can keep it tight. I think that's been the most encouraging thing since Leicester that you can really grasp to, is there is a resilience there and how they've defended for most parts, particularly against Manchester United. Uh, Chelsea, they're very solid for most part. Wolves... 
they did begin to retreat more and more which is a bit worrying but I think this season it's almost that Benitez foundation of, of being solid defensively is going to be really important this season if they could just somehow figure out how to retain that while also getting it together up front then you know they will be okay this season but you know we're now more than a quarter of the way through the campaign and, and you're looking at how do you get both those um, important facets right because when Bruce went forward the back at Leicester complete capitulation so for me I, I'd be very surprised if they were to move away from three at the back anytime soon but equally something has to change in terms of how uh, they get the most out of those forwards because individually we know they those players on their day have something to give it's just getting that blend right at the moment and getting the most out of them really let's talk about Steve Bruce's reaction then to Wolves because obviously when we do the post-match uh, podcast we can't really talk about what he said due to embargoes and what have you but everything is kind of out now I just want to get your take on a few things um, you know he kind of suggested that uh, there was a decision took to just kind of part the bus in many ways and um, you can find the protocol online um, we talked about mentality as well and having to change the mentality um, what did you make of, of Steve Bruce's reaction and his quotes after the game? Yeah it's 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 following a theme in um, you know after the the Brighton game he felt the players have been programmed to play in a certain way and there's been kind of little hints at that while he would never goes far to name check Benitez there's been a lot of allusions into you know Bruce if he had his way would have to side playing higher up the pitch he wouldn't have them playing on the counter-attack they'd be be more that kind of what Lee Charnley actually said you know front foot football uh, in his opening program notes but because the players um, have kind of been used to a way of playing and a used to particular system he feels given the pressure he's under to shift and to try and change it overnight it's just not going to happen and given that January is such a tough window to do business in to get what you really want is quite hard because clubs particularly don't want to sell their players mid-season you're almost looking at it and possibly it won't be till next summer that you could in terms of the transfer market start to really put the stamp on the team so he's kind of looking at well how do I get the best out of these players in terms of the attributes they have um, you know the midfield he's kind of felt maybe there isn't the pace there to to really go after teams and um, I think the balance was right against Manchester United the way the long staffs pressed uh, but equally Newcastle defended really well as well so it's I think it's going to be an ongoing thing an ongoing issue that he he will keep referring to um, but yeah it is a bit you know could he have changed it a bit earlier you know that's the big question obviously he he made the change after the sending off and putting Shelby on but it wasn't until injury time game on the knife edge he, he made that positive double change and we see Gail he had I think five minutes against Chelsea didn't touch the ball then he didn't really have much of the ball um, this time round either and it's asking a lot for them to, to really make a difference in that final five minutes so I think it there is argument you know you could have changed it up a bit sooner but as Wolves started to really get on top so 10 games in uh, we know about the you know the issues in front of goal we know that they've only won two games what's, what's your summary then of, of these first 10 games in a Steve Bruce I think the highs have been high um, 
Spurs and Manchester United, two great results uh, and really good performances as well. But when it's gone wrong, it's really gone wrong. Um, Norwich was poor. Leicester, as we all know, was terrible. The response since then, as I've said, has been good. I think they're probably, in terms of unofficially, I think his target is a one-point-per-game season. So you're looking at 38 points. So they're possibly a couple of points below par for where they should be. They've picked up points where maybe they weren't expected to pick up points. And then in the games that they maybe should be picking up more points in, they're not quite cracking yet and that's going to be the big challenge this season um, because they've already had three home games against Watford, Brighton and Wolves and okay you haven't lost any of them but is three draws enough? Is that pattern and trend going to be enough to survive? So I think um, you know the, in some ways if you offered some people 17th place you stay up they take it but I think Newcastle should be looking higher than that they sh- I think you know to move the club forward as we all hope it does they have to be aiming higher and your hope would be that just like last season November they really came into their own that things can start to happen for them this month but two tough games West Ham away Bournemouth at home forwards aren't firing um, 10 games in is that going to change in the next 10 games I think the next 10 are going to be really interesting because that December month is packed as well so I think we'll know a lot about them uh, come the end of December We hope you've enjoyed this episode so far just a quick reminder to please subscribe and review to our podcast through iTunes Spotify or whichever podcast provider you listen through When you mentioned there last season and actually if you look on paper when Newcastle are in a much better position points wise um, than they were under Rafa Benitez uh, but I, I suppose in many ways that doesn't tell the full picture um, but focusing on Bruce I mean we heard for the first time um, that he kind of w- was honest and he said it, it probably is going to be a relegation battle or something along those lines is what he said after the game um, that admission did it, did it shock you or do you think you know that's that's always been there in the background and he's always known that that is going to be the case yeah he's when the question was asked I kind of thought oh I know almost what he was going to say and that he's, he said that four or five times a season you know from the outside all he's seen is the club being in a relegation battle and hard to argue with that at the moment but yeah I think as supporters as they want to hear the team can can go up and have that ambition you heard Martin Dubravka after he signed his contract, he said, you know, he felt that the club shared his ambition of one day, you know, looking at those Europe, European places and trying to get to that next level. And that's what fans want to hear as well. But, you know, the realists, as far back as the summer, John Joe Shelby was, was talking about, you know, survival. And that's what you've heard really throughout throughout the season so far. It's, it's not put a, it was not an ideal summer by any means. Five new players last 16 days of the window. Manager parachuted in when they're a couple of games into pre-season. Um, that's not the kind of start you need going into a campaign. Um, and yeah, I, I while they are technically better off than they were this time last season, they had a, a re- remarkable end to the season last season. You know, I to have get, got those results like they did in, in the second half of the season was remarkable. Um but as I said before, I don't think you can bank on that this time. Uh, I think it is going to be ticking over and ticking along is going to be the key. 
and is going to be the order of the day to be honest I, that's the way I feel about it at the moment Have you seen glimpses of what Bruce is trying to achieve there I mean against Wolves there was two or three examples of when actually Newcastle successfully hit on the counter mm. um, it was breathtaking to watch it was good to watch Hival Mewon had played the right pass um, late in the first half I'm not sure exactly what he was what he was attempting to do but then he had Joel Linton, yeah. uh kind of clean through the centre but it was an example of Newcastle picking the ball up moving forward at a pace and it, and it until that bad pass it, it was it was it was a joy to watch and there was a, like I say, a couple of other examples and we just need to see more of that yeah I think you know it was, it was a really flat atmosphere that's that's not pointing the figure at anyone but you know on a these fans need to see something like that. Uh, you know, think back to the Man United game, no, I'll keep going on about it, but within that first minute, it's some maximum make a really purposeful run deep inside uh, Man United's half, and that set the tone for the game. It got the crowd off their feet, but it took time for Newcastle really to, to get going. That first 25 minutes was a tough watch. They started to, yeah, as you said, have a couple of good counters then, and that's really been the order of the day, but you know how how many times have we said if only X could play Y pass? You know that's the thing they really have to get right because it's the end, end product it is missing. That's that's what's been missing, and you know I that's the difference really at this level. That if you can start to make those passes happen, you beat Wolves and you get those wins. You've seen Brighton beat Everton at the weekend they're kind of just getting over the line with those big big wins that are kind of the difference between you being 17th and maybe 12th right now and with these three games coming up three teams you know West Ham Bournemouth Villa Newcastle will get chances in those games but they just have to start getting that pass right um, that's the difference we mentioned Joe Linton there um, another mention from on the podcast and it's been another tough week uh, talk about this week of getting in or getting his family over to visit him he had a similar kind of issue over at Hoffenheim where it was just about him, how he was off the pitch not feeling um, too comfortable you've got a bit of insight in there as well he's spoken to a few people about how mm. uh, the German club managed to um, fix that issue but it, it's not a quick fix by any stretch no I, I mean I suppose you have to put his rise into perspective you know age of 14 he's the only kid out of 170 spotted at an open trial by Sport Recife's scout. He leaves home, um, goes to Recife, spends time there, breaks into the first team, and then he at 18, I think, he, he goes all the way to Hoffenheim. And Recife's, you know, sunny climbs, beaches, Hoffenheim, complete opposite. He would have seen snow, I think, for the first time. Um, and that's a really big adjustment for him. He's a goes on loan to Vienna that's really tough for him there um, initially he's he, he's kind of taught things about how to make runs and he's so raw um, this thing about Hoffenheim we know about some of the great Brazilians they've had but they will take kind of low risk chances on players like Joe Linton initially they feel they can mould them and then you know hopefully sell them on a profit that's a model that's worked so well for them Joel Linton was raw at first. He went to Vienna, took time to find his feet there. But when it clicked, when he got a handle on learning German and getting used to the climate and getting used to European style of football, he he really found his feet. But the interesting thing there is he experienced massive goal droughts too. He experienced sport. He was kind of getting on his back. He came through it, but 
you have to remember he's a one full season as a starter in the Bundesliga playing in a slightly different position and he's come here to England with a huge huge price tag as has been noted living away from his partner and son apartment in the city where he's he's isolated in on and off the field and um, I think if you're scoring goals and you're reaping the rewards being at Newcastle obviously is, is a fantastic place to be in but when the scrutiny's on you like that it's pressured and to be fair the club you know there's a reason why they were so sure of spending 40 million on him they're convinced that while he played in a slightly different role at Hoffenheim he had all the ingredients to be a hit in the Premier League and also to be a, a number nine and to be fair to Joe Linton his dream is to be a number nine for Brazil and he felt going to Newcastle was the next step in one day achieving that so I think the ingredients are all there, but um, you know, for me, the the service has been an issue as well. I I know he's, for me, compared to even the first game, he had a real swagger about him, springing a step after a really good preseason. You can see when his confidence is high, he does give defenders something to think about. But um, he his head hit his head went down a bit uh, against Wolves. He wasn't harry and impressing like maybe we we expect of him now um and the service you know there were times when clark would have the ball joel into would make a good run but he just wouldn't spot him and then by the time he got played to him it was just a punt forward there's no one within you know 15 20 yards of him and the attack breaks down and that is what they need to work on as well is if you got a strike you pay this much money for how do you get the best out of him is getting the best out of him putting the ball across him rather than having his back to goal you know knocking it on or bringing it down holding it up is it a case that actually what he wants or how he likes to play is the fact that the ball needs to be played into his feet in the box and he is you know he's he's down he's through on goal at that point rather than like I say having having the back to yeah there is an element of that I think he is not a traditional target man um but he, as I said, he, he can hold the ball up at Offenheim. You know, there were times where he plays back to goal, but he is very good at running at people as well and actually facing the goal. And we have seen that, you know, the Watford game, I thought was another one of his better games where he was, you know, this is the problem. He's dropping deep, he's dictating a bit, and he's a, he's, he's too far away from goal really to be having shots. But you can see how he he's almost like a playmaker in that respect. And you wonder, would playing him almost as a false nine be an option or just simply well I say simply just getting runners closer to him that has to be the focus because if he, he is winning aerial duels you know um, I know a lot of people make the round on comparison but he is winning balls in the air it's just there is no one to, to aim for when he actually wins them so what's the point almost um, and you get defenders almost get into a habit then of just punting it to him um, because it's an option and when the service isn't as you said to his feet uh, that puts him under a lot of pressure and it's a tiring tiring shift to do up front so it's a it's a load of factors isn't it it is indeed hopefully um, it'll it'll come good because I think we have seen glimpses of um, why they paid so much money for him we'll finish on Kieran um, on some transfer news there's been a couple of rumours um, today a youngster from Arsenal and youngster um, from over the border as well I'll let you take that on and then give some people maybe a bit of it's, 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 not, it's, not, it's not a first team signing but I suppose it 
does show the want to improve the quality at a 23 level, which yeah. is never it's never a bad thing. No, and I think they they've almost set aside money in the overall budget to do that. There's a recognition that um, as much as the first team needs addressing in the the next two windows that they need to keep an eye on the next lads coming through and to look at you know um, who can enhance what they have and yeah when the guys have taken on trial with Stan Flaherty of Arsenal who struggling to get into the Arsenal team this season has had a trial at West Ham last month essentially doing the rounds and they took a look at him earlier this month he played against Liverpool's under 18s and uh, yeah that's that's one they've looked at and you're as you said you're you're seeing other guys particularly in on mainland Britain and Scotland who you know in that kind of 16 to 18 age bracket Newcastle I think are, are conscious kind of looking around you know you've seen with Joe White coming from Carlisle uh, looking at north of the border um, and in around the the overall area and of course looking locally at who they could bring in and I think that's a conscious effort from Lee Charnley as well that for too long maybe guys have slipped through the net and you've seen with Maddie Longstaff how um, what an impact he's made and with Carroll being there dumb it, of course that there is obvious talent in the northeast. can they find local lads as well as those guys who can supplement it with you know you've seen Scott come from Chelsea and they've taken a look at Flaherty well that comes down to the reins to be seen but it's it's just getting the balance right we'll finish with just a word from you Howard. just one word <laughs> on the Pape Cecil link, Jess. In case <laughs> you guys didn't read it, um, it was reported that Newcastle had been offered Pape, Pape Cecil, obviously, the number, the former number nine, um, you know, offered a return in January. To be fair to him, he's had a good couple of seasons in circus. <laughs> he was top scorer last season. I think he still is this season as well so far. 34, one word. Nostalgia. Yeah, uh, that's what go. comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> There we have it. Well, this has been Everything is Black and White Podcast. Thank you very much for joining us.